It's episode 50 of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Bryn Salisbury. It does feel like there needs to be an audience at that point just to sort of cheer and clap and whoop and wolf whistle or something. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I would wolf whistle, but those are skills I've not developed. No, neither have I. I I just just, just can't quite do it. Um, And and, and to be honest, generally, I think wolf whistling is inappropriate. Sure. It's only when you're interviewing somebody on a podcast. Yeah. That it is actually appropriate. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, because you need some sort of fake crowd noise just to sort of fill in, fill in the background. Yes. Um, yeah, between kind of ghostly voices and uh, station announcements. Yes. Well, we have the uh, the ghostly voice of Jules Munns, mm-hmm. or we are in the nursery, and uh, very glad in, to in be the, here uh, in the blue room. In the blue room, which is very, uh, very yeah. nice. How do you very feel? Calmly. Like? Very calmly. Very calmly. It's very calming, yes. How do you feel about UFOs? Do you uh, think they're real? Sh- oh, sure, anything's, anything's real uh, nowadays, I think. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're now in the age of Trump, so who the hell knows? What, uh, <laughs> let us spare a thought uh, for all the improv groups who are now going to have to put mm-hmm. up with Trump mm-hmm. as a suggestion from the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have been, I, so, yeah, it's now one of those things that you're thinking, do I work on a Trump impression or do I do I not do I sort of entertain the prospect of having to pretend to be the groper in chief or um, is it one of those sort of things that they know I'm going to rise above it and do and just not just not take the bait and not do that character Um, I'm going to ensure especially if I'm asking for a call out Mm. that I use him as an example of the sort of thing you might want to call out yeah 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 just mentioned him yeah so you can't use through that idea Yeah, it's the same way that I think yeah, Music Box do the whole thing of uh, mentioning the, the number of times they've had brothel as a suggestion, <laughs> just to just to stop some smart ass from calling out brothel. He doesn't love a musical set in a brothel. Well, I, I personally, I, I, uh, there's nothing I enjoy more. Um, I mean, Oklahoma, it was pretty good, was, right? Uh, yeah. But imagine what it would be like if it was set brothel. exclusively yeah. in a brothel. Uh, I think West Side Story. West Side Story. Imagine what that would have been like if it had been Fiddler on the Roof <laughs> set in a brothel would be amazing. I would watch that. I would watch that. Uh, if I were a rich man... <laughs> I would hire a session. I'm probably going to cut this. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm not sure this is portraying either of us in a very great light. <laughs> but it, does, oh. it bodes well for the show anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on quite strong cold medication, so that's my excuse. I don't know what your what, excuse what, what, what is. Have you got, what have you gone for? Um, mostly a combination of day and night nurse. Whoa. Yeah. Like day and the night nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's uh, both. I feel like 20, any 24 hour coverage. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've have indulged in the night nurse. Sure. I've indulged in the day nurse, yeah, but yeah. never in the normal Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's just, apparently that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I better cut that bit out as well. Uh, I tell you what, we were talking for like two hours and it was like, yeah, about ten minutes of stuff, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, bodes well for the... Come see us in the... Like, I'm not going to cut this out, why am I doing hey, a plug? Hey, I'm hey, going to hey, cut hey. this bit Don't out. Don't put anyway. the plug in <laughs> this bit if we're going to cut it out. If you want more of this, yes. come and see us. Oh, I've cut that bit out as well. Um, yes, okay. Um, 
Welcome to the Problem Podcast. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So, um, how did you uh, discover improv? Gosh, can you do it without using the words whose line is it anyway and hoopla? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, actually, I can. Um, so, oh, gosh, I... You can use those words. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to think uh, where to start the story. Uh, so, years back, uh, when I first moved to London, I was working as a... Uh, this is going to sound awfully dull. Um, a IT security consultant. Right. So my job was to go around uh, to various places, look at what they were doing for, for the security and go... Uh, yeah, that's good, that's bad, uh, you need to change this, do that, uh, uh, whatever. Ended up working for a company that were not particularly good. And one of those situations where the boss was useless, the workload quadrupled, and then suddenly being blamed for all sorts of things like, this. we built this job of £5,000, and um, our own internal processes, which we can't change, cost us £5,000, so why is this job £10,000 over budget? Because you built it out of 5000 when you should have done it fifteen. but <laughs> Anyway, I, I, um, that kind of got to me a fair bit, and I ended up, uh, ended up seeing a, uh, a therapist who, who kind of tried to help me through that whole that whole business and she suggested the sort of uh, you should you should take up comedy or improv or something like that so I went, wow. I went really you think uh, like, it was one of those suggestions like yeah yeah that sounds like a really great idea like five minutes out of the door I was like what the hell was she talking about kind of thing. um fast forward about I think about a year after that I was reading Amy Poehler and um Tina Fey's books and, and listening to a whole bunch of and at the sort of same time listening to some podcasts uh, comedy bang bang and um, because which is largely improvised and so oh wait that's that person ages ago mentioned I should do improv I wonder if that's a thing you could probably learn that right <laughs> so I was I drunkenly started googling and. <laughs> found imp- like improv courses London and yeah the, the, one of the first links that came up was like beginner's course went oh okay click bye went, woke up the next day went look at my phone and go oh I, I, I booked a um, I booked a beginner's improv course and uh, the rest is history so what kind of drunk are you? oh uh, blackout really? Uh, yeah yeah and huggy apparently oh okay. yeah 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 uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I, have, I, have, I have an occasion, um, I have an occasion kind of uh, woken up to like, uh, to go, oh yeah, no, I have a vague memory of ordering that thing off Amazon. Um, <laughs> and I go, uh, but yeah, no, uh, sort of looked at it and went, yeah, no, this, this sounds like a really good idea and kind of went along and uh, enjoyed it. This was a Hooper course? It was, yes, with uh, Ginny Lyons. Uh, who was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and yet she sort of got introduced to the whole thing. 
you, you sort of go into it with that idea of, oh, right, I've got to learn how to, like, be really funny and, and like, and, like be really quick-witted and say things. And, and then you sort of go in there and realise, actually, coming up with really fast, like, trying to write a really funny line in your head quickly, it can't be done. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's really not... Every, every time you see something, like, snappy on television, it's usually... It's because it's been written like that and... Uh, get it into your head like, oh no no you must be you must be really funny you must always be funny thinking well, actually he really doesn't you just need to say things and you know uh, and then funny will come yes kind of a thing so just just trust that funny will come which is one of the things I was reading because I, <laughs> I got really into sort of looking at the books and everything and found you know the, the Dal Close book and the thinking uh, what was it something along the lines of um a joke is one way and seldom the best way to get a laugh out of a scene. You're like, oh yeah, because like in the three seconds I'm thinking of something funny to say, there's three seconds of dead air yeah. where I'm basically hanging out my scene partner to dry. <laughs> my scene partner's there going, what? Say something, say something. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so started off with the beginners, did the got hooked on it, did the performance, then did the long form, then did the long form formats, the narrative, and then the musical. Wow. So I've run, I've run the whole, <laughs> I've done the entire syllabus. It's, uh, I had a, the odd workshop here and there. And yeah, that's what I got hooked onto it, which is kind of where I am today. Cool, cool. It's interesting you mention uh, IT because there's a, a big, I think there are a lot of IT people sure. that seem to end up yeah. providing. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And it's, I, I think it's one of those ideas where you're kind of forced into a line of work that doesn't really encourage being terribly social. Right. And it's that sort of thing of, yeah, it's because you, most of your interaction will be through a screen with people on Facebook or Twitter through Slack or whatever and yeah you and then you try to put them into a situation where they're forced to talk to people in the real world and they go oh what uh, uh. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird, weird one for me because I was consulting as a case of you had to you know stand up in meetings and say things to people and so yeah, I was very good at my little tiny area of the as um, of specialist knowledge uh, but yeah kind of expanding from that I kind of went I don't really know how to interact with you if it's not around this particular area <laughs> um, and yeah it's also the kind of the idea of um, tying it to the whole thing of feeling like you can have a presence in, a, in, a, in something and sort of be able to sort of contribute and be part of building that thing, thing together um, yeah which I think was kind of a, a fun thing to learn how to do and also sort of be able to trust yourself to be able to come up with words and have them sound like they mean something or... <laughs> cool so you're a member of Martian Love Affair <laughs> yeah Martian Love Affair so yes. okay in uh, I used to do a lot of uh, music journalism and you know, the one question you would never ask yes. 
uh, a, a group is where did you get your name from? It's so very so, passe. Yeah, kind yeah. Of like no, no, absolutely. Uh, Having said that, where did you get the name from? Was it a scene? It, it was. Uh, it was actually. Uh, we were all big students of uh, World War Two history, and there is. Uh, a, it was a scandal in World War Two around a spot a, a French. <laughs> Uh, spy called Marshad Love and um, we of course being big students of history we thought we need to name our group after something big and historical and yeah we named it after the Marshad Love affair that was the name of the scandal well I that was a much more interesting answer it's complete nonsense (laughs) (laughs) oh no again this happens quite a lot on this podcast That's a really interesting answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really going to reconsider like, yeah, yeah. all those bands that I was too scared of to no, ask. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was really good. Um, <laughs> I think the the we will basically make up stories every time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, just like whatever we can come up with. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I just thought, you know, because Marsh, Marsh, and the Silver says. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. He just, just said it with real exactly, conviction. Exactly. You say, say it with conviction, and they're going, yeah, no, people will believe you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just like, oh, we'll just see if we can make up stories, see if we can get people to believe it. <laughs> um, I just think one of those fun bits is like just to see, yeah, no, see if you can say it with a straight in the face. <laughs> I just love the idea that coincidentally all these improvisers yeah. were also big fans of history. Yeah, yeah. Big, what are the chances of that happening? Big World War Two history <laughs> buffs. We love a bit of the sort of uh, analysing the the rise of fascism, uh, <laughs> the failure of the uh, the uh, League of Nations. Uh, Woodrow Wilson. Eh? Woodrow Wilson, uh, the appeasement. The the, the the phony war and all that kind of stuff and the, evacu- the evacuation of, Dun- uh, of Dunkirk big huge buffs about that <laughs> so you've translated it into your own broth sure yeah yeah so <laughs> what uh, how would you describe a uh, Martian love affair Martian love affair so it's a uh, we're all came together out of the narrative improv course so we're all kind of be able to yeah so it's a narrative long form group so the idea is to try and from a suggestion create a one long continuous story rather than unconnected or semi-connected scenes so yeah it's a case of yeah setting up the initial base reality identifying the protagonist introducing the antagonist um, causing the uh setting the protagonist off on the hero's journey and getting to the kind of the, the final conflict and, the, and and all that kind of stuff um, and yeah I think it's it's a fun one to be able to kind of spin that one big story and a lot of work on trying to make sure you don't introduce too much in too quickly so that you can try and reincorporate the fun bits and it's that bit at the end where um the uh, where you bring in a line uh, that's something that was like mentioned and thrown away in the first scene, and you bring it back in the in the last scene, 
and the entire audience just goes, oh, that thing, the thing. You, um, like the mention of like teacups or something, and then like pull out, ah, I will use a teacup to defeat the, the, bad, the bad guy. And the, they go, the teacups, the teacups are from the first scene. Yeah. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's very satisfying when yeah. you can just remember that and then bring it yeah. back in again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you're constantly surprised by the ways you can sort of, the stuff that you be like, oh, I need to remember that. You need to remember that. And then you go, oh no, no, something else has happened. I need to remember that. And then like the other the other players are all there going, they they, they remember it and bring it back. And then you can sort of see that the sort of joy that comes in. They go, yes, the thing we remember the thing. Yes, <laughs> let's let's work with that kind of a thing, which is uh, kind of fun to kind of fun to to see happen. Um, and yeah, it's a. We've been getting some coaching as well, which I think has been uh, been kind of fun as well. Because the problem with I think it was described to me as going off to crazy town, where you, you, the idea that you start off your story from a single point and it expands out like a like a like a triangle from the bottom and expands and expands and expands, and at, at a certain point you've introduced enough elements. Now we need to do a start bringing yeah. it back in again, yeah. and to come to a satisfying conclusion. But in a lot of cases, ours just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding. And, expanding. and then suddenly we get to 14 minutes and it's a case of, oh yeah, we need to resolve uh, like 15 different subplots. Yeah, okay, let's... Uh, and then uh, the defeated this person and defeated this person and uh, won the day and uh, saved the school and the orphans and whatever. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's you've you've tied it all up, but it doesn't f- necessarily feel like a satisfying end. Mm. But if you can get it to uh, a nice middle point and then kind of start bringing it back in again, you then end up getting a pretty satisfying story out of it. So who's coaching you at the moment? Uh, Liam uh, Liam Brennan, um, previous guest of the program yes, podcast. Yes, um, if I do the episode number, I would say I'm going to cut that bit out. Okay, I'll drop it in later. Okay. <sighs> Genius. I've done 49 of these. I can't remember sure. the order yeah, anyone yeah, came yeah. in. Yeah. I'm going to say 14. 14? That's okay. Well, it's all right daily conversation because you yeah. just commit to it. And I was oh, I've yeah. ended up saying, wow, it's really good you can remember each other. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, I can't. I'm no. just relying on the fact that people you, can yeah, even less. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things I kind of notice with work as well because most of the stuff I do is around a particularly dull standard. Um, and they'll, uh, somebody will say, oh, there's a, that requirement, the, the, I read that we can't do that the, uh, because of the what the standard says. I go, well, I think you're fine. If you look in requirement 2.6, <laughs> uh, that, that says that you can't, you, you absolutely can do that and you should listen to me. And they're going, okay, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know they're not going to read. They're not going to understand this. Yeah, just no. Just, just say, say again, say it with a straight enough face and they'll, they'll, believe, they'll believe you. Kind of. So what... Um what what attracts you to narrative? Because it's not the most popular form of improv in um, at the moment, I would say. I think mostly because, again, it's one of those things that nobody else is doing it and it's kind of fun to be able to put a story together. And it's that you can... You kind of have to, I suppose, commit to the story and see it through. So you start, start it off, you try... You can, you can, if it's short form, you can kind of just say, oh, screw it, end that scene and move on to the next one, right? I think that's long form, not short. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you can sort of just say sweep and done, it's gone. Uh, whereas you've got to try and put a bit more 
sorted to try and be able to explore a bit more, a bit more meaningfully about uh, what their character's doing and um, what their motivation is and what challenges they're, they're faced with and how you can sort of take that character on a pretty unsatisfying journey. Um, again, it's also the thing is like it's a situation where you can see also what horrible things you could do to that character. <laughs> you're thinking, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, yes, they grow up in an idyllic environment, and oh, their parents are dead, and their house is burned down, and their favorite teddy has been ripped to pieces. And then you can sort of think, right, well, I'm going to I'm going to rise to the this adversity and uh, and win the day. So it's kind, of, it's kind of enjoy that bit of seeing, and you can sort of have a bit more fun with it with a character over a longer period rather than sort of discrete sort of gamey scenes. It's almost like it's that thing of a lot of the sort of gamey stuff. It's like, it's pretty throw. It can be throwaway stuff, right? It's kind of you you're you have a bit of a laugh about it, but then if you're doing pu- putting a story together, it feels a. You know, it's, it's a bit more, it can be a lot more meaningful, so you remember um, remember for a bit longer. You see some, some groups that do shorter, gamier stuff. The stuff you remember of theirs is the ones that f- uh, tie into a longer arc. Mm-hmm. So if they bring back the same characters to do, so you, know, you see the later point of the story, or you see, you know, uh, you do get a flashback and see what led them to that point. And that, that's a lot more, that's a lot more satisfying. Cool. And in Martian Lombardier, what's your signature move? What do you <laughs> bring to the team? What does everyone go, classic brain? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, uh, oh, crikey. I don't really know if there's a signature brain move. Um, I kind of enjoy doing the sort of big emotional kind of, you know, things like you know, like reacting to stuff that's happened, and you kind of fun to then try to make what has just happened be more meaningful. Or um, I kind of I've been enjoying a couple of times is we've we've been a bit shy in rehearsals about being the protagonist. Right. There's a I forget the name of the game, but I think it's something like protagonist roulette, where the challenge is to make it is to endow the other person to be the protagonist. Right. And it's kind of a fun one. In that get a situation where you can basically just load a whole bunch of stuff onto that person and, and just try to to make things mean a lot to them. So what sort of thing would you say? Uh, so if you're uh, you know, you have one who's acting. Like one of the rehearsals we had, like uh, Rob was acting sort of belligerent teenager kind of thing, and I was the sort of uh, older person. And they were try- he was trying to load onto me the thing. Ah, you know, I don't care what you say. That kind of thing. So I I come back in with it's like he, your father's factory is about to die and other things. So it's. Um, Siggy, you need to be able to live up to the legacy of this, uh, of this, uh, of this, of this place, and uh, maintain your family's name and all that kind of stuff. And you're just loading a whole bunch of stuff that you know. If you were watching it as a movie, they go, "Okay, that's the main character, right? Okay, <laughs> that makes sense now." Um, 
And yeah, a couple of times where I've been on the receiving end of that and it's kind of fun to step up to it. And in a weird way, you end up doing less work because you're, the other people are the ones introducing stuff and all you then need to do is react yes. to what they're doing. Um, it becomes those where I sort of come in as a sort of a naive uh, character and then like, Everybody comes in and goes. Oh right, be naive, right? Let's like be super mean to him or like uh, trick him or something like that. And then later on, you can then show the the progress and they come back and go, "You trick me, prepare to die." Kind of <laughs> it's kind of a fun, uh, a fun development. Um, but I, I I don't I wouldn't say there's necessarily a brain thing. That, that, uh, <laughs> I would say I I just kind of I enjoy being able to kind of react and build on what's happened, which is kind of like pretty much again like basic improv, right? It's that sort of thing you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of your job on the scene <laughs> is to take what the other person has done and make that important and build on it. So you're just like, that's basic. So yeah, I enjoy that part. I enjoy that part. The fundamentals kind of thing. Cool. Um, you make, you say that there's a reluctance to take the role of protagonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it must be amazing to work in a group where that is the case. Because I'm not saying I've always worked with people where you're trying to like, you know. Yeah. I am saying that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Um, you saw that situation where we're all super nice. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, we're all super nice to each other, and they're going, no, no, you could, you do it, you do it, no, 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 you, after you, after you, <laughs> and there's only so much you can do of that before it becomes very boring to watch, <laughs> and so somebody you kind of forced at a certain point then to say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the guy, um, and if you're doing that after five minutes on stage, they go, you're just like, okay. Okay, good. We are glad we finally figured that bit out. <laughs> We're bored, and you've you've got ten minutes left. I think so if you could do that, uh, get that agreement uh, a lot quicker, and get it sort of I suppose making that making that choice, right? So you know, that's fine. I'll I'll you know I will do it in this one kind of a thing. And, um, and yeah, it's it, and I think it's kind of. They end up sort of struggling to, because you're you're trying to make a, an offer to somebody. Saying, I'm trying to endow you with being the thing. And they're, they're reacting, going, um, not necessarily reacting emotionally, honestly, for that part. They go, uh, uh, say, oh, you've had a really horrible, uh, horrible time, and you know your parents are dying. They go, yeah, no, yeah, yes, yes, I have, absolutely. No, 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 like this is sadly, I'm endowing you with a, with a thing. React, react honestly, kind of a thing. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's how. Just like, oh, you're making me the protagonist. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. I will be the protagonist. And that's the sort of thing we're trying to push ourselves into doing. And, uh, yeah, I can, again, I think it's, I'm bad at doing it at times, is the case where they go, oh, no, okay, fine. Yes, uh, I, I recognize what you're doing, and I will, I will, I will, I will take that mantle. <laughs> I did enjoy, I've only seen Martian Love there before once, but I did enjoy it at the launch pad. <laughs> um, and I think, is it Keith who did the... Keith, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, one of those things where I'm still laughing about yes. it now. Um, it's, it's hard. Shall I, shall yes. I lay the, 
the broad strokes of the story. So the suggestion was uh, for a location was Match Factory, and we had it was a, a tale of uh, failed match research and development, <laughs> arsonists, and a hunky Ewan McGregor. And yeah, Gerardo suggested we get Ewan McGregor to be the advertising. And Keith at the time had hurt his ankle, I think. <laughs> so he was on stage, but he wasn't necessarily mobile. Yeah. So he could improvise if you know he could he could be part of the part of the story if it didn't involve lots of moving around. So, oh really? I didn't realise because yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell from you know watching no, no. that he so, was injured. He basically he was he so sort of got him a seat on on the stage and he basically improvised from there. I, I think the fun bit for me was because um, he's hunky you and McGregor, right? And so I I got to play the sort of like that I was just overcome by how hunky you and McGregor was, <laughs> which I, it was so much fun. Um, but it, it kind of re- reminded me that uh, just as we got to that point that we didn't know any, we knew almost nothing about my character. Uh, I don't think my character had been named. <laughs> uh, we had no idea why my character was so enamoured with you and McGregor. I mean, beyond obvious hunkiness, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it kind of like, oh no, it is actually important to do that sort of stuff because it kind of then makes it easier or potentially um, helps you set up stuff later later on um, but yeah it was absolutely brilliant because he just <laughs> went for it with the accent I think it was the commitment because yeah. I couldn't honestly say that um, his uh, portrayal of Euro McGregor necessarily reflected no no, I mean, I've not been on that. No, no, there. no, no. I think you'd be the first to admit his, his Ewan McGregor impression, some more generic Scotsman. Yeah. Than, uh, but he just committed to it. He did, and I can he just did. still picture very clearly his, his Ewan McGregor uh, style um, face. Yeah, shirtless uh, as well. Yeah, well, you know. Shirtless Ewan McGregor, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, he's even committed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm just—I mean, I'm really hoping that Ewan McGregor's going to feature oh, in so all of the sure. Martian Love oh, sure. performances yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, he's actually. Um, Patron of the group, it's um, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I don't want real Hugh McGregor. I just want no, Keith sure, doing yeah, Hugh McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> two Hugh McGregors. I'd be like, which one's the real one? I can't <laughs> tell. They're so similar. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you and if you're listening, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Obviously, that yeah. was a joke, and you're more than welcome to appear yes. with Martian Love Affair. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, just get touch. More than happy to have you. Uh, <laughs> more than happy to have you. Uh, really, and also part of the show. No. <laughs> Although really, it's quite unfair because you've already got a Ewan McGregor in your team. You should true. perhaps let him perform with a team that don't have a Ewan McGregor. That's true. That's Maybe true. you're not we so greedy. nice after all. We'll, well, well, fine. All right, Stuart, I admit it. I just want Ewan McGregor all for myself. Okay? <laughs> Or maybe, or maybe all this being lovely, maybe that was a lie, just it's like Martian Love Affair being a French spy or whatever. I can't, I, feel, I don't feel like I trust ah, anything you say anymore. True. It seems, true. I trusted everything. Yes. Maybe, maybe yes. I was wrong. It's all a lie. <laughs> maybe I was wrong. All a lie. <laughs> you cat. You <laughs> spy. So, uh, not only are you a part of the Martian Love mm-hmm. Affair, you're also part of a new two-prof group. Uh, well, well, yeah, no, sure. Um, it's funny you should mention that. Um, 
working with this uh, really, really lovely bloke. Uh, See, you lie. I know you lie now. <laughs> I used to believe you, but now I'm okay, not so no, sure. He's complete and utter dick. I hate him. He does hold the stage, I will he give you does, that. He does, like just... Uh, like, uh, yeah. You know that sort of person who didn't want to watch another affair? Sure, yeah. That was me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not me. No, no, no the person we're talking about. The person we're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is yeah, me. Yeah. I'm, in, yeah. I'm in Doctor Two Prov as well. Yeah! Yeah! Yes, so tell me about that group. Oh yeah, we've been doing we did so many shows. It's it, oh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, we opened to rave reviews. Uh, it was it was tremendous, tremendous. Um, no, so the I think the conceit is we are archivists um, or like night security guards at the archive of the Time Lords on Gallifrey. Which, in my mind, re- represents BBC TV Centre in Woodland. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm not sure that's canon, but that's no. in my head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if that's what it was based on. <laughs> we meet uh, at, a, at a, a later point in the evening where you know, everything's quiet, we're doing our rounds, and, uh, and we then start just having a, a bit of a chat. And we say, oh, we, uh, I uh, found this very exciting uh, thing in the archive. Because you know, if you're in an archive like that, you're going to look at the stuff that's in there, right? You're going to look at... I know when I, I, when I used to work for the National Library of Wales, um, you would go into the archive to look at some of the fun and interesting pieces that was in there, that were in there, like the first Welsh Bible, and this is huge kind of uh, folio pulpit sized tome that is like a good four or five inches thick is beautifully illuminated. Um, I like to imagine as a restricted books area yeah, for all, yeah. The, uh, yeah. all the magic. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all the Horcruxes and, <laughs> uh, and the Forbidden Spells, uh, the Elder Wands and all that kind of stuff. Uh, no, so... You know, you'd, you'd go in and you'd find all this sort of fun stuff in the archive. You'd, you'd like you'd, you'd you'd read it or you'd watch it or you'd like study it in detail, right? So we're finding the adventures of the Doctor and watching them on the on the machines in the archive. On the VHS recorder. On the VHS uh, Betamax, I think possibly. Oh, yeah. well, okay, okay. We'll have to have a discussion sure. this off mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I think like the BBC would have archived stuff on Betamax. I think. I think. I think that's uh, at least some sort of. Is that canon? <laughs> yes, it's part of BBC canon. Yeah, it's part of that show BBC. Um, yeah, it's like a fifty part fifty series. It's like the longest running TV series ever made. That's amazing. It is, it is. Like the cast of characters are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're watching yeah, the adventures of the Doctor. Yeah, and then as we kind of set up, set up I was like, oh yeah, this bit where X happens and then you and I then jump to the other side of the stage and we will then act that part. We will then do that improv and improvise the, that scene 
and then jump back into being the archivist watching this and going, oh yeah, yeah, then that part happened, then jump back and keep on, keep on improvising. Um, and well, then, or at least this is the theory because we actually haven't done it yet no. <laughs> and it may just be might just be Bryn and I sitting around talking about Doctor Who yeah. pretending that we're pretending to be in Doctor yes. Who but really we're just talking about Doctor <laughs> Who on stage it is actually a very elaborately <laughs> crafted excuse for us to have people watch us talking about Doctor Who? <laughs> I've done a lot of improv to get yes. on the stage to talk yeah, about yeah. Doctor Who. This is like we've got a long, a long con type situation <laughs> going on here, where we're basically just trying to hoodwink people into what into watching us talk about Doctor Who. I mean, the thing is, we might as well make the show about Doctor Who because otherwise, we would just inevitably end up talking about it anyway. So sure. At least, at least yeah, we yeah. warm them yeah, beforehand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like that uh, episode um, with Tom Baker. Uh, uh, had to try and destroy the Daleks, right? He's looking, does he does he have the right to make that do decision? Do I have the right? Exactly. And is that sort of, do I have the right? The Daleks, talking about? I, it is, yeah, absolutely. And is the do I have the right to uh, pivot the uh, improv into a discussion about the Doctor? Do I have the right? Yes, we have the right. Yes, it's yeah. you can't you can't doubt it. Do I? Have as Sarah Jane would say. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so basically we've adapted the it's the living room format in a way, isn't it? it yeah, <laughs> weirdly, it'll, it'll, it's a weird kind of living room esque <laughs> kind of thing. Except it's not a real conversation that's happening. It's it we're playing characters. Yeah, it's just a real it is. <laughs> <laughs> from what rehearsals are like so far, yeah, yeah. it is just the it two is, of us. It is. Well, it I mean, is. I do a bit of a, a bit of a voice. Yes. <laughs> well, that's not character. Is no, that? That's a bit of a no, voice. No, um, do a bit of a voice now. Weird. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of thing of yeah, it's yeah. Th- there'll be characters. The characters will be, I think, surprisingly similar to ourselves. <laughs> uh, you know, um, um, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's that thing of yeah, just having that discussion and thinking. Oh, well, of course, uh, th- there's one thing that we had. I had this argument with my son about something, and then you go, oh, well, I think there's this one, one, one story that illustrates your point. It's the Adventures of the Doctor versus the School Report of Doom, and uh, the Doctor goes back to Coal Hill School, and <laughs> um, and is suddenly f- finds out that there's an evil headmaster, and. Um, we then cut to the Doctor Lorang and Cole Hill, and then we're sort of one of us is there being the Doctor, the other one's being uh, an, uh, like a child that's been brainwashed and being uh, uh, being fed into some sort of evil machine by the evil headmaster. Um, do yeah. You, do you have to be a Doctor Who fan to enjoy this show? No, no. Probably helps. <laughs> Probably helps. Or the very least, a passing familiarity with the source material, (laughs) an awareness that there is a thing called uh, Doctor Who and that it's been going along for like 50 odd years. I think that would help. (laughs) Um, And uh, you have a high tolerance for terrible accents. (laughs) Are you talking about Doctor Who here or are you talking about R2 Prof? Uh, a bit of both. Yeah, fair um, a bit of both. <laughs> uh, my, um, I, I think I could, I could do one accent, and I could, I, I think I've got like the physical physicality of uh, Matt Smith down. Yeah. 
Oh, brilliant. I think I could do that because I could do the sort of wavy arms. We're both doing the wavy arms well, thing literally now, doing which the wavy is really arms good in audio. Really form. good audio. Come see us like, before if you want to see us do the wavy arm thing. It's the best audio, like the best podcast thing ever. But he does that. It's the one episode. It's the one episode. Yeah, but it's one of those things that it became a, a gif. <laughs> right. And, um, so you've learned your portrayal of the doctors by watching gifs yes, rather than yes, the TV series. Yes. <laughs> That's how I actually uh, watch all of my television, is actually through gifs. <laughs> um, you just get the good bits then. Sure, yeah, you yeah, get exactly. To watch it again and again yeah, and again. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've got them all on my phone. It's amazing. <laughs> what a world we live in today. Oh, technology, right? <laughs> Uh, there's also a third group, if you are interested, yes. um, called uh, the Pothole People. <laughs> right, I've not heard about the Pothole People. We, we are very new, very new. <laughs> uh, is this made up? No, no, this is actually really <laughs> genuinely... And I'm in another group called the Pothole People. Yeah. Uh, Who's in that group when it's... <laughs> it's me, obviously. <laughs> uh, uh, a couple of us, uh, in the, we... I think the, the idea is... I think the, the format we're, we're experimenting with is the multiple journeys converging on a on a destination. Oh, right. And it could be um, people traveling in, what, in whatever form of transport is suggested. So you know, some people will be on a plane, some people will be on a bus, some will be in a car, some will be in an Uber, all sorts of right? They're converging on this one location. We never quite certain if we know what the location is, or we discover that as things go on. And it's then that interaction between the people in um, as they're having that journey, right? So it's that interaction between um, a couple uh, driving home for Christmas, like uh, interaction between two people on a plane that are traveling to something, like and just kind of switching backwards and forwards between all of these journeys oh, that's uh, see, to see you know what what we can do what we can learn about the characters is that like a fun any kind of fun games we can throw in all that sort of stuff um, and that I think is one of the ones that we kind of like to do as well it's, again shorter sort of scenesy based stuff rather than necessarily games or anything like that but it can be the sort of Again, you can weave that little narrative thread through it to connect all these scenes up. Um, so yeah, you could have the start of a journey, like uh, an entire family heading on a day out or something. Um, that then links up with a, uh, the same character on the train. Um, you, know, you know, is the person, was the first part of the journey a memory? Was the train a memory? You know, we'll discover that as it goes. So it's a, um, yeah, messing about with that, see if we can come up with something interesting out of that. Cool, so just rehearsals at the moment with yeah. shows to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, excellent. Right, we're nearly out of time. Oh. So I have one oh. last question to ask. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what question do you think I'm going to ask? Oh, what is it? Is this your standard kind of ending yeah. question, right? It's standard ending question. It's the big finish question. It's yeah. the big finish That's question. The big finish. <laughs> it's the what would you like to see more in improv in London? Is yeah, that the question? Yeah. One, yeah. What would you like to see in the future for either you personally or improv in London that isn't its own dedicated improv theatre? Because we get that quite a lot. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that would be lovely. That was actually what I was about to mention. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Why do you love Doctor Who? Why do I love Doctor Who? Um, is that actually really the question you're going to ask? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, that's actually a lot easier. Uh, I kind of enjoy the... I, I've always enjoyed sci-fi as a sort of story, uh, kind of as a sort of genre, and the, uh, the idea that the idea that sort of this kindly, sort of slightly curmudgeonly old man running around time and space fixing things. It's kind of kind of fun, uh, fun notion, um, and the idea that yeah, you can, think, you know, it's not the kind of brawny kind of we're gonna come in here with lantern jawed space marines and shoot the thing until it goes away. It's actually like no, actually, oh, we'll be very clever and fix our thing, and then and then I kind of you do know, go back to the Genesis of the Daleks thing, and I'm like, have I the right to do this kind of thing? Actually, for a kids' show, that's actually surprisingly yeah. uh, thoughtful, right? It's like, it, you know, what gives me the right to do this? You're exploring kind of the ethics of it. I think it, the newer stuff, I think, is a little bit Deus Ex Machina kind of a thing with the with the um, sonic screwdriver and um, all that kind of stuff, but the same basic principles are still there. It's that kind of thing of it's brains when you get overbroad, I suppose, which is kind of an enjoyable part of it. Um, what I would, would like to see for probably look, I kind of like to see more narrative stuff because that's kind of fun to see stories, you know, be able to get more people and get, get more narrative based stuff done. Uh, I think it would be kind of kind of cool um, I also kind of like what Steve's doing now with um, Hoopla getting more launchpad stuff done and kind of see yeah uh, getting more nights around the place just to see if these groups can get time but then again it goes back to the that other problem then of having um, taking audience away from each other kind yes. of thing right so you've got like you've got an improv evening in London Bridge. You've got the evening in Hammersmith. You've got one up in Hackney. It's a case like going, oh, it's all on a Thursday. Yeah, right. Okay, like um, we we're oh uh, that kind of thing. So yes, we need to grow the audience as well. Yeah, obviously. which would yeah. be which would be cool. But there you go. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>